She's here. You might want to find something to hang on to. Because I'll tell you something. This ship won't reach its destination. Doctor, what do you know of the Weeping Angels? But it's just a statue. Until you turn your back. The Angel, as far as we know, is still trapped in the ship. Our mission is to get inside and neutralize it. According to the Doctor, we are facing an enemy of unknowable power and infinite evil. Doctor, what's it going to do to me? The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. This is episode 7775-349 by 10012-acorn. I am Kyle Jones, and welcome back, everyone. We are glad that you're here. We're glad that you're here for the time of angels. But who am I exceptionally glad that I am able to... Take with me on this journey of an episode, I guess I want to go first to Lee Shackelford. Lee, my friend, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm walking around in a funny pose because I tore a muscle in my massive bicep last night. But uh, other than that. So you were jumping he- up and down so much that you knew we were going to be talking about the time of angel that you hurt yourself. I hurt myself punching the air at certain moments of watching Time of the Angels. You're like, Kyle's really going to like Yeah. Cool. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. So also, welcome back, my friend, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, and like I said all the time, glad to be on another episode and talk this one out. Awesome. So you guys are really being subdued. You know, you're not like – playing into my whole embellishment of the fact that we're about to review a river song episode. So, so you're, I give you credit for trying to be chilled out. Cool. Kudos you, to both of you. You can hardly contain yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. don't, don't <laughs> trying to throw your excitement out on us, sir. All right. All right. Well, I, I give you that. I give you that. So, so what's been going on with you guys this week? Anything interesting? Anything fun? Uh, you know, other than Lee hurting himself last night. <laughs> That's the most fun I've had all week. <laughs> Clarence? No, but I, I, I did get to record a uh, another um, sort of roundtable podcast creators episode for Relativity. And uh, people who listen to that show will be able to hear that conversation with me and David S. Deer and Shannon Perry. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. So uh, that'll be out, you know. By the time this episode hits the feeds, oh, that relativity awesome. will be out as well. Can I say it again? I'm jealous. Jealous? Yes. <laughs> jealous. Very yeah. jealous, actually, because I, yeah. I think David S. Deer has a brilliant voice. He is completely creative. He created bagels and brunettes, which I absolutely love. FYI. <laughs> and Shannon Perry, uh, hello. You know, I'm a big fan of hers. Exactly. So that goes without saying. And I'm also a big fan of you, but anyway, so, and Clarence, you know, I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big fan of all of you. So anyway, <laughs> I'm just a happy little camper today. You are. You are. <laughs> Spreading sunshine. Spreading sunshine, actually. That good segue there. I don't have any news tonight because I want to focus on feedback because we've had quite a bit of feedback on some recent episodes. Some of it has come from Facebook. Some of it's come from Twitter. So I want to go through that. So, Let's have some feedback. And speaking of feedback, I feel like I want to have a feedback sound. And what keeps coming to my head over and over and over is I'm hearing this radio or this tape rewinding. And then I hear Dalek Khan and then Nicole saying, oh, Dalek Khan. (laughs) That's what I keep hearing. Into the wild and fire. Oh, Dalek Khan. So anyway, uh, the first one comes from Facebook and is, it is from Joyce Cherry and it is in regards to Sarah Jane Smith. 
and she says, I have started listening to your podcast, love it, wanted to write in one of the reasons why Sarah Jane Smith is my favorite companion. I think she had a true friendship with Tom's doctor. I will admit bias. The pair are the reason I fell in love with the show. But back to my train of thought, she compares Liz Shaw to a colleague, Joe Grant to something of a daughter, Harry, she's not really sure, Leela as someone to show new things to, and the Romanas are college rivals you hang out with in later <laughs> years. Yeah. All right. Now, this one I find really, really interesting. This comes from Claire Ashton, and it is in regards to a discussion we've had in a previous episode about the 13th Doctor's Wardrobe. Claire says, Hi, I'm a listener to the Discussing Who podcast, and I'm from the UK. On last episode, you got onto the subject of the Doctor's outfits and where they got them from. You were disappointed that the latest Doctor had gone to a shop and bought her outfit. This made me wonder, had you, as an American viewer, missed the fact that it was in a charity-slash-goodwill shop? She'd She'd have had a random collection of pre-loved clothes to construct her outfit from. Remember, she had no money on her, and her new fam were buying it, so it needed to be cheap. I like that she didn't nick something, but rather helped a cause while saving her pennies and reused rather than buying new. I think that's a great observation. Yeah, it is. And, And in fact, I did notice that, and I... I think that uh, that we came to the same conclusions was that isn't that nice instead of them going out and buying her something uh, new and tony and you know uh they've they've gone to uh they've gone to goodwill or 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 or, or some other place that that benefits uh, uh uh progressive causes and but it does mean it's going to be cheap and you're going to uh get a, a, a jumble there is not a design <laughs> yeah. there are no labels it's going to be yeah whatever you get and uh, and the doctor's delighted by it yeah it, it certainly does fit into the um i'm not gonna say grungy but you know let's strap something together sense of <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to build a build an outfit slash costume so yeah i i did not notice that and i do like that observation it does make it feel um Makes it feel a lot more correct to me. Yeah, First is going going to the gap and going to exactly. the exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or as she pointed out, for, for which is what three and eleven did, you def, you basically stole your clothes, just steal it, uh, and eight also. Yeah. yeah. Right. So just, for, yes, for and eight too, absolutely. And what's really cool is I, I love any feedback, obviously, but to <laughs> hear people from other countries who are listening to us, I don't know that just has the special feel to me. Absolutely. Because that's just really, really cool. And I will say that Claire has also sent in some information about another episode. I'm going to hold it until next week because I've got some more feedback that I want to get through. But the other is really, really good. So please, everyone listening, come back, listen to it next week because Claire gives some very good feedback on another episode from our review of series 11. So, I don't want to wander off too fast from the, the first feedback that you read too, that I, I realized that I didn't, we didn't have much to say about that, but, and, and, um, the, the author of that letter can't hear me smiling, but, um, I, I, I do have to just agree completely across the board. I think, I think, I think, uh, they put their, you know, hit the nail right on the head. So. Yes. Yes, indeed. And yeah. she says Sarah Jane Smith. So. There you yep. go. What else? So the magic words. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She could have said River Song. But you know what? I think I would have to put Sarah Jane Smith above River Song. What? Yep. <laughs> it's Sarah Jane Smith. That's all I'm saying. All right. The next one comes from our friend Vanessa McNamara. She's sent in feedback to us before. I think she has also followed us on Twitter as well as giving us feedback on Apple Podcasts that we read on the show. So anyone listening, if you would like to leave us a five-star rating and feedback on Apple Podcasts, just like we did for Vanessa, we will read it on the show. So Vanessa says, in regards to the 11th hour, she says, Hello, gentlemen. Loved your review. 
I believe it was Clarence who said that he was confused about why the Atraxi didn't come back for 12 years. There's a couple of lines of dialogue where Amy asked the doctor that question and he told her that they had to, they had a fix on him and followed him back. I don't know if that clears anything up, but I do know how sometimes dialogue can be so easy to miss when it is whizzing by your head, so to speak. Yeah, um, that makes a lot more sense to me now. <laughs> it does, yeah, I, doesn't it? I appreciate yeah. the clarification, definitely. Cool, cool. Well, I have one more from Vanessa, but I will hold it for just a moment. <laughs> we Now, this next one comes from Twitter, and it is from Tiffany, and her Twitter handle is at P-A-T-O Infinity, Pato Infinity. And she says, finally, I have been waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting for you to get to reviewing this season. Yay. And that's in <laughs> regards to us getting to Series 5. Series 5, yeah. I saw that as well. <laughs> it's good to know that we're making somebody happy doing this. Yes. We're here. It feels so good to be here because there's something about the production that just feels off the charts. And oh, I, boy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's because we're coming from classic, but even compared to like what we've gotten recently, uh-huh. I feel like the production stands up. Uh, from from these episodes from from a few years back, so I'm I'm enjoying it, man, yeah. completely. Yeah, the, the, this was this feels to me like the most expensive season yeah. ever. Well, yeah. it's the first season in full HD. Yeah, it is beautiful I'm, to behold. Right, but <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about building sets and and the time spent in crafting. Oh, yeah. you know things oh, yeah. in the computer landscape, and it's just yeah. Well, and. Uh, you know, I know we had a new showrunner and I get, and we've talked about that, but I, and I know I'm all about Murray Gold, but if I loved his music in the RTD era, but if you listen to the type of music that he wrote for the ninth and the tenth doctor, there is a melancholy, there's this somber feel to it. Whereas when 11 comes aboard, it's bum, 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 bum. You know, it's all energetic. Get your heart pumping, get your, you know, blood pumping, you know, heart racing, et cetera, and so forth. It's, it has a lot of energy to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's have yet another doctor speech somewhere in there. Yes. <laughs> That's right. But speaking of classic, I want to go back just a minute. Our friend Sarah. Me too. Okay, good. Yes. Cool. Tomb of the Cybermen, one of our favorites that we have reviewed. She says that she is so excited for this. This is actually from a couple of weeks ago that she made this comment. She says that Tomb of the Cybermen is definitely one of my top 10 classic stories. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. Once again, I'm glad we were able to make somebody happy just by what we're talking about. So I had something I wanted to say about classic era as well, but uh, you, you should wrap up feedback if you've got one more. Well, no, no, no. I want to hold this one because it is the most brilliant segue into oh, okay. where yeah. we're going. I, I just listened today to our review of the four-part story from, with the first Doctor that is often called the Time Meddler. Um, and on that episode, uh, we were talking about the fact that it's 1066 and that that's why everybody's there. And... Now I can't remember if it was in this episode or another one, but it reminded me anyway that Clarence had asked, what's the most recent real historical event that we visited on Doctor Who? And I started thinking about that. You know, we, we've been to all different kinds of world events in world history. We we went to the, the Queen's coronation or we got people are going to watch the Queen's coronation on TV in uh, the Idiot's Lantern. And I thought, can that be it? Because my guess was Rosa. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that I said, I think that's it? Well, since then, I, I thought, well, I'm being, I'm being silly. Of course not. Uh, spoilers. But we're going to go to July 20th, 1969. Mm, I'll, I'll go you one even further than that. I've got one further than that. I wondered if you'd think of it. <laughs> okay. It, I just did. And okay. I'm, go- I'm going to see uh, if, if I'm right. I'm going to say that we went to the Olympics, didn't we? We did indeed. The 2012 Olympics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was a little more obscure and that you might not get it. But yeah. Do you remember how, how, how disappointed you were when you saw them light the torch at the 2012 Olympics and it wasn't the 10th doctor doing it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I remember people had, didn't the, didn't they do a thing where Daniel Craig escorted the queen 
as James Bond or something to the Olympics or something, or did I dream that? I remember a commercial. No, I remember a commercial where um, they uh, they they played a, a, a trick uh, with with stunt performers, so it looked like they both bailed out and parachuted uh, into the Olympics. Yeah, got you, got you. Well, that, right. you could do the James Bond, but you couldn't do the Doctor. Couldn't do the Doctor. I really, really thought they would let David Tennant light that fire, but anyway. Yeah, but so I think 2012 is the closest we've ever gotten to the present day on Doctor Who, well, in terms of historic events. But awesome, awesome. Alrighty, so as a segue into our review, the final bit of feedback comes from Vanessa McNamara again, and she says, "Kyle, I love, love, love the Angels two-parter. I have to confess, I shamely like." Every episode with River Song in it. Let me say that again. I shamelessly like every episode with River Song in it. That is true brilliant. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay. True brilliance. I shamelessly <laughs> like every episode with River Song in it. Well, I, I, I think, I, yeah, I... That's lovely, but I'm not impressed. And I'm, I'm thinking uh, this is kind of like you're, you're trying to figure out why uh, Clarence and I are being low key. That uh, watching this again, uh, th- there's no conflict here. There's no – we have to argue with Kyle because he thinks River Song is fantastic. River Song is fantastic. I mean this is a great, great story. There's just nothing to not – we'll get into it. Mm, yeah. But you know, yeah. Why yeah. not like everything with River Song in it? And and let me say again, I will say this for myself. I mm. shamelessly like every episode with River yeah. Song in it. I'm just saying that's yes. Yeah, so what? But there is something <laughs> okay. that I when we get to next week, I will say there is something that I do not like, believe it or not. But yeah. before we get into that, which will be next episode, mm. I must say, if you have not seen the Time of Angel, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review the Time of Angels. This is the fourth episode of the 2010 series of Doctor Who, and it originally aired on the 24th of April, 2010. The episode starred Alex Kingston as Dr. River Song and featured Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor and Karen Gillan as Amelia Pine. So summary view and Clarence Brown, I'll start with you because I know you are a fan of the Weeping Angel. What did you think of this episode? I very much enjoyed it. Um, looking at the overall episode, it doesn't seem like a lot happened, <laughs> actually. Uh, but we got a very, um, adventurous intro, uh, very bondish, uh, now that I think about it. But I, I, I really enjoyed the intro and, uh, getting to the planet and the eventual revelation of what was actually going on, I felt was, was really fun and interesting. Though we're waiting for the conclusion of everything in the next episode. So I, I think I had a good time with it. Yeah. What about you guys? Right, Lee. I remembered this as being a lot of fun, but I don't think our, accurately remembered how much fun this is. Uh, I just read today that uh, uh, Stephen Moffat and uh, the director, they uh, had agreed that what they were trying to make was aliens. And, you know, if you think about it from that perspective, yeah, the, <laughs> the we're surrounded, you know, kind of thing. And there's literally no way out of here. And then somebody figures out a way out. That's just, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's really thrilling. And the slow reveal about um, what's going on with Amy, uh, that she's got a, a secret and a problem that's really intriguing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, just just fun all around. So for me, this is the episode that prompted me to go back and watch the only two episodes of series four that I had missed in my original watching and created my ability session with River Song because I was about to watch this episode, went back and watched those, immediately go into it without any delay. So I'm seeing the library and with within a couple of days I'm watching this and it's like, oh, this is so cool. So 
Absolutely love this. I mean, obviously I'm going to say that, but absolutely love this. What I did not know until going into it into review mode is, and this makes me praise Matt Smith even more. This was the first episode that they recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So out of uh-huh. the door, he meets River Song as the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually had to go do some River Song research. <laughs> I didn't remember any of it. Uh, but, but I mean, her, her story is already confusing enough as it is. Right. Um, so I tried to go and reach out and watch some YouTube videos to get a bit of clarity on her timeline. I'm not sure that happened, but it was interesting. Oh, you should have, you see, you should have reached out to me. I could have sent you exactly where you needed to go because oh, I know exactly oh. where she's, where she is in her timeline. Dude, I, I watched several. I watched. I think I understand now where she is, but uh, I watched this one particular video, and I don't really want to plug anybody else, but it's from the Who Addicts, and they actually sprinkled in the Big Finish adventures and oh, the comic wow. stuff as well, wow. and it's so much stuff. Her time in prison, the 12... Thousand years or whatever. Am I spoiling? I'm, I'm spoiling stuff, man. <laughs> I shut up now. <laughs> well, I, I well, why don't I do this? Considering the fact that I've already given the spoiler warning for anyone listening, we are most likely going to spoil some of the things that may or may not happen in the life and times of River Song. So, if you have not yet found out who River Song is, you may want to put us on pause, go out, watch all those episodes, come back because they can just move uh, forward. We, 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 we won't <laughs> Up to the end of the 12th Doctor. Yeah, we, we won't hold them to all that. I'll, do, I'll just say, uh, from her time during that, oh, I can't say anything. <laughs> when the Doctor actually finds out who she is and what she's going through, uh, that time where she is away, put away. <laughs> she has adventures with other doctors, which are in the audio, um, the, the big finish stuff. So I found that pretty interesting that, uh, this guy was trying to connect all those strands together and it's, it's massively confusing. But as far as, uh, the library in this episode, library in this episode, I can't, I understand where we are. I think we're only missing one episode in between this. If you think chrono, well, not chronologically, but chronologically her time. Well, chronologically her time, she will, she's already been to where she will be at the end of this series. So she's already been there from whenever we get to the finale and where she goes next is Capaldi. No, no, no. Where she goes next (laughs) is the finale of series six. I thought the Capaldi. Okay, I'm so confused. I'm the real in the whole podcast. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. We're talking River Song. Seriously, where she goes next and what, and even down to what she is wearing when she leaves, where she goes next is the closing scene of series six. Or not the close, the second to the last yeah. scene. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I remember. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause she's going to be wearing the same uniform. You're right. Yes. Yep. I'm glad we're recording this. Hey, well, you know, you know, yeah, you can she, I was right. Yeah. Cool. Even she needs a book where that helps her keep track. Of yes. What's what. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, what did you think of the banter that she and he had in the TARDIS? This, this playful exchange. And Lee, I'll point it to you first. What did you think of that banter between the two? Oh, I remember thinking that it was very cute at the time. I have since learned that uh, the episode came up short and they needed to add something to get it to its running time. And so um, Stephen Moffat wrote that very quickly and they were able to shoot it because it's the standing set that they have. And, you know, um, so that was a, um, you'll pardon the expression, 11th hour decision. Um, I... We have to think, looking back on it, that she's just yanking his chain because the whole thing about him leaving the brakes on, if, if taken as Doctor Who canon, um, I think is I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I I just but 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 I do love the the thing that you know the, the she says she was taught by the best and the Doctor says well you know she says yeah pity you were busy that day Ooh. you know that's just a, a little you know. Well, she did park the TARDIS. She parked it. She did. Uh, she did. Yeah. <laughs> she can park it better. Sometimes than he can do perfectly, and sometimes he can't. So yeah, <laughs> she doesn't. So what did you think of the uh, banter? I think it's par for the course for these. Uh, well, 
for a doctor and River interacting. I think she's good with any doctor that she's with just because I think the actor is great. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it was, I felt, I felt like that, uh, Matt Smith did provide a bit more fun to it. And, and of course it's different because now we're, he, he's kind of figuring it out versus, uh, the, the encounter with, uh, with David Tennant. So, uh, I did enjoy it. I thought it was all fun and the quips back and forth. And, um, I think was, well, what was even more interesting was seeing Amy's reaction to them, uh, bantering back and forth. Okay. So what was her reaction? Let's, let's keep going with that. What, what, oh, what was her reaction? It's my favorite little thing is that she asks, we think kind of playfully, is that your wife? And then <laughs> later on, when the doctor and River Song are, are kind of needling each other. In the background, Amy says, she is so your wife. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what I liked about that was there is a comment that River makes um, to Amy, um, you know, right after, oh, oh, uh, one of the lines that I love is, doctor, can you sonic me? And then he does it. Oh, doctor, you sonic her. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great line. But what I really, 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 really liked was when she and River are talking and she basically asks River, is, is that your, you know, is that, are, are you his wife? Of course, River says that no, she isn't, but then something to the effect of, but Amy, you're really, really good. In other words, no, I'm not, but you're really, really good. Yeah. It, it's, it's something to be said about, uh, River's unwavering confidence in her man. <laughs> and if you've ever been in a relationship with someone that is that gung ho about what you can do in your abilities, it's a really nice thing, you know? <laughs> she have literally <laughs> risks her life on it. Uh, and we'll see yeah. her do it again as time goes by. But yeah, they, uh, that's faith when you're willing to be blasted out into space. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that he'll be there to catch her. Yeah. He's like, you can't keep doing, you can't do this. Yes. I might not be there. Every <laughs> oh, time. You are so wrong. <laughs> you're so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's beautiful, beautiful, but pretty, um, I'm not going to say preposterous. <laughs> what about intimidating? <laughs> He's uh, going to be at a museum just to get this, this, uh, box. Oh, which I did like that. It was, uh, they didn't call it a black box. They call it a home box. Some, home box. Yes. The home box. I really like that concept. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I thought that all was good. But have, have we seen doc, the doctor visit museums a lot? I, um, I rem, I'm thinking about nine's visit. I don't think it was on purpose, though, because in the episode Dalek, mm-hmm. isn't that a museum of some of yep. sorts? Yep. But other than that, well, I can't. It's, really... it's, it's that guy's. It's Van Stassen's uh, private museum collection. Yeah, yeah. collection. Yeah. But um, yeah, the first Doctor went, uh, went to a museum. Interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of other. I don't know, but they they do talk about them a lot. But yeah. it makes sense that that's how he keeps score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, um, one of the things that I think Moffat did brilliantly was tell us up front. Now, now he didn't tell us everything about her, but he tells us up front in a way to where we automatically, even in the first episode that she was in, in, uh, series four or the 2008 series where the band says you're, you're, you're arguing like an old married couple. You keep, splintering that in or speckling it in into the episodes where there's a part of us, I think, that is going, oh, this is too obvious. This isn't, you know, that's what they want us to believe. It's not really, that's not really who she is, that that, that they're married. Yeah, but I never felt like they were arguing. I felt like they were getting along (laughs) perfectly, (laughs) like a humming engine. (laughs) But there were some things that made me wonder, and we'll get into that more next week but there were some things and one of those things was in this episode river knew old high gallifreyan this ancient lost time lord language i don't still understand how she knows that any thoughts oh uh, she's an archaeologist ah good point okay i could i can go with that 
Could it be because of where she was conceived, she may have gained some type of knowledge Ooh. of such? Ooh, Very. Spoiler. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Very good, though. Alarm. 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 But yeah. very good. I that, that that's very good. Yeah, I like it. I do too. I, I wonder what people were thinking when they reviewed these episodes <laughs> when they first came out, <laughs> because it had to be utterly confusing and almost feel like it made zero sense. So I don't. <laughs> so, Lee, do you remember uh, who people thought she might have been? Oh, yeah, I think we had all kinds of interesting speculations, but I, I just, you know, mostly what I remember thinking at the time was that she was so interesting and there are so many mysteries piled up on mysteries about her that I really felt like Stephen Moffat was um, feeling a little irked that he hadn't uh, been given a blank slate, you know, to create his a TV series on. So he was going to start a new one inside this one, you know? That, that he really wanted this to be the adventures of River Song. Um, and interesting. You know, it's, is it a, is it a, a, a backdoor pilot for a spinoff? You know, <laughs> um, you know, why didn't we get that series? Yeah. But, why didn't? Yeah. But well, it because it could still happen. <laughs> it could still happen. That's right. But it's, it, it is, uh, I think it's more interesting that she's always out there. We don't know when or where. She is. Yeah. <laughs> That's just um, or, or which when she is exactly. Yeah, there's there's multiple possibilities, and uh, really one of the moments in in uh, Time of Angels that I had really forgotten about, but that I think is kind of a screenwriting masterstroke, is that just when we're starting to settle into things and it's starting to feel like a monster movie, you know, that we're creeping along, we know who everybody is, we know how what the relationships are, and we realize that we're surrounded by monsters, and yeah. then. Uh, Octavian uh, pulls uh, River aside, and he says, and he asks her, you know, does you know about where they are in their timelines? Does he know who you really are? Mm, so good, so so, good. so let's talk about Father Octavian and the church Man. for a moment. What did you guys think of this idea that, in the way I interpreted it, the church has been converted to somewhat of a militaristic type of setup somewhat somewhat <laughs> quite a lot yeah okay i was being i was being a little lenient with it but yeah military has oh. been replaced by the church so thoughts on that i could write a book i have so many thoughts about this <laughs> explain <laughs> no seriously i don't i don't know if we want to get into it right here right now no. I, I just feel like moffat is he's got a, a a satirical point to make and i i for one kind of licked a finger and ticked the air and said well done mm. and uh, uh churches religious organizations all over the world are in the business of making war they're just missing the uniform so by the 51st century They've just got the U. Okay. Hmm. It's a reference to crusades or is that kind well, of way? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, I, d I don't want to, I, I don't, I, I don't want to turn this into the show of Lee pontificating about the, the, these things, but because we got a, the rest of the show to talk about, but now, I, I remember being very moved um, when um, we had soldiers coming back from one of our endless wars in the Middle East and one of the Christian radio stations in the town I was living in at the time devoted their whole day of programming to welcoming these soldiers back. And they were interviewing them and glad handing them, you know, kind of patting these guys on the back and talking about how many of them had been killed and maimed and so on and how many of the enemy they had killed. Mm. And a whole day of broadcasting on a Christian radio station celebrating the fact yeah. that these men had gone over, these men and women had had, had gone out to um, kill a lot of uh, people, and the, I don't remember if anybody ever actually said it. But the whole point of turning the whole day's programming over to this was they are fighting in the name of Jesus. They are killing people in the name of Jesus, and they and they won. So this must be the will of God. Well, they hadn't won for one thing, but you know. And, and and this is not unusual. This was not some freak occurrence. In our culture, we we talk like this a lot. The line between our the the exercise of our faith 
and um, what we do as a country in terms of military might has always been tangled up. And it's very, very true in Great Britain as well. So he, he's, he's, Steve, uh, Moffat is not mocking the American military here. He's talking about this sort of mindset in general. But um, it's a part of world history that I – when we were doing the time matter, we were talking about if you could go back in time and change things. Yeah, I'd want to go back to the, the time of the Church of Constantine, and let's let's have a talk about this because that's where the Christian church sort of hunkered down and said, okay, if we say it's God's will, then it is. Everybody agree on that? Good. That's yeah. that's sort of where it all happened. And yeah, I'd like to get back to that meeting and put in a word or two from the future. So let me ask you guys this yeah. question, and this is in regards to me trying to remember my world history here. Mm-hmm. But when we have the Church of England, and again, for all of our UK viewers, this is an American person trying to remember world history. So this is in no disrespect if I don't remember this in, mm-hmm. in completely correctly. But the Church of England split off, per se, from the Roman Catholic in many ways because of politicalization things that were going on with the um, church. I mean, of the it's sort of like the separation of church and state in a way, because the the if I remember correct, the. Vatican and the Pope wanted to have too much control or something to that effect. And that is what led to there even being a Church of England. Yeah. Well, and um, they wouldn't uh, grant Henry VIII a divorce. Divorce, yeah. So okay. he said, all right, I don't need your church. I'll make my, make my own. own church. Yeah. Okay. Got you. And, and hence that makes it me now I understand why I'm watching The Crown. She is the head of the church. Yes. Okay. Tudors, man. Great show. Yeah, probably yeah. not true. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All of them probably not true, but great show. <laughs> well, it's not all true. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, but, but yeah, uh, you know, Lee, I think you're right up the alley that you're supposed to be on and everything that you just said. Clarence, do you have anything you want to add about the church and Father Octavian? Actually, I missed the whole father part, so <laughs> I didn't even realize it until you guys mentioned it. I will mention the actor, though, Ian Glenn, uh, a.k.a. Yes. Jorah Mormont, a.k.a. Batman. A.k.a. Jordan Mormont, because he was not a good Batman. Yeah, true. Well, you know, I well, like the, the actor, the, the though. Voice, what a great voice, though. I mean, oh, yeah. You got to, oh. yeah. But yeah, uh, the, the doctor makes a, a smart remark about, uh, uh, about the church at one point. He says, uh, no offense, Bishop. And the bishop says, quite a lot taken, if that's all right, doctor. Mm. It's really, we, we talk about River Song getting one up on the doctor uh, in this, but, uh, Father Octavian really puts him down there. It's, <laughs> uh, no, you don't get off that easily. So. Well, I think he, it, it's more of, in a way, he's looking at this guy coming along, and, you know, cause he even says to River, you promised me an army. And he, she says, no, I promised you the equivalent of an right. army. Mm. And Tony Stark says, we have a Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They kind of, they kind of go back and forth the whole episode. Cause, uh, there's one, we may be talking about oh. the same thing, but the point when the guy, uh, fires off the gun, the, Mistake mistakes the statue, which really turns out to be. A, <laughs> yeah, he was right all along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's the one that winds up getting killed. And um, the voice, I guess, the voice we hear by the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, but but um, the doctor really tore off into <laughs> into Octavian a bit because, um, well, not directly, but uh, Octavian was telling the guy, "Don't be, don't be, you can't be afraid. You don't, you know." Um, Calm down. Get get your wits about you. And the doctor says, "You it's good that you're afraid. You yeah. should be afraid." And anybody who know. isn't scared here is a moron. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Octavian has to understand that that means him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And then there's that thing where he keeps taking the communicator away from him, and they snatch it back. And so, yeah. yeah. So they have that little tussle over. So this is an episode of the Weeping Angels that I think that we see a side of the weeping angels in a way that we've never seen them before because they're doing things that are unlike anything we've seen with weeping angels before. Yeah. Hence angel Bob, as I'm calling it, mm-hmm. taking over his voice and using his voice very eerily like who turned out the lights from uh-huh. uh, yeah. the forest of the dead. Yeah. When rivers are around, you're going to expect somebody's cheerful voice to keep, uh, Keep talking even after they're dead. 
Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. You're right. Uh, And uh, that's, that's a little, I think that's a weakness in the script, actually, that it's, that it's transparent that the writer is using the same idea again, but oh, how I love it in both stories. So you got to forgive it. I just love the idea that Bob is still being deferential to everybody. He calls everybody, sir. He apologizes. Yep. But he's also saying, but they do have around, they do have you surrounded. We do, we do have you surrounded, sir. Uh, <laughs> it's just, that's yeah. just a, a great script writing idea. Yeah. And I, I wonder, uh, cause, uh, the doctor does, because the doctor does mention that the weeping angels on earth were, I forgot what he called them. He didn't say rejects. He said, uh, a different sect or a different, uh, some different group of some type. I can't remember yeah. the exact wording. See if I can look that up because I thought that was interesting too. I've always had trouble with this and it's one of the reasons were, why I can't be as... The doctor says once the, on Earth a long time ago, but those were scavengers, barely scavengers. scavengers. That's what I was remembering, barely surviving. But I, this has always been my problem with Weeping Angels and why I'm, I'm not as um, wholehearted a fan as a lot of other people are. Is that I feel like the rules kept changing. Yes, exactly. But this is kind of like the thing we were talking about before about the um, the Atraxi, is that here's a line of dialogue that, that dismisses it very quickly. And, you know, I, I got to be true to my word. I always say, give me an explanation and I'll accept it. And so here it is. Th- those were different because they were they were weak. They were old. They were scavengers. Yeah. This is what the this is what them as a race. This is what they're really like. Yes, and we even have a a well researched book <laughs> they're referencing yeah. to try to figure <laughs> figure out how to stop them. But I, I, I guess it is interesting that the scavenger sect that's that's uh, on Earth do operate differently by just taking you back in time and letting you just die and using your energy to survive. Um, this feels totally different. I, again, I, it's on purpose, but still they are kind of redefining what they do and what they are. So yeah. It, it, and as we go back and forth, you know, by the spoilers, mm. by the end of a certain person's run, that we were back on Earth and we're doing it the way we <laughs> we yeah. originally saw. So it's it's you know it's kind of confusing, but so Chipnall may have given me a or helped me to formulate an origin for the Weeping Angels. Do you guys want to hear it? Why sure. All right. So I know we've already gone through the End of Time Part Two. And we have heard Rassilon say they will hold their heads in shame like the weeping angels of old. So we, we have heard that phrase. So let me. And we had the visual of two women with him who are yes. covering their faces like that. Yeah. Bingo. Mm-hmm. So what if any of the high Gallifreyans that were part of the people in the Citadel and uh, spoilers for series 12, especially the timeless child. But what if at some point in Gallifreyan history that anyone who wanted to extend the regeneration ability beyond the people in the citadel were punished, hence becoming weeping angels because they called them angels because they were wanting to do something good for all these people that were not time lord on gallifrey so and they were weeping for those who could not regenerate and they made them quote unquote weeping angels i like it write a book so there you go that's my theory is that an original idea <laughs> maybe i've uh, never heard it before say so what now is that is that the original thought? Because I, I don't know if I've heard. No, that no, no, no. The, 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 this is from Kyle Sursa six twenty nine twenty. Yeah, that's why I said write a book. Yeah, uh, Alan Seiler will help you publish yeah. it, and yeah, you got some. The history of the weeping angel. Yeah. All right. So, any other thoughts on Angel Bob other than we think that he was creepy? I, I love the little uh, the anagram of the doctor saying that he's a sacred Bob. It's just more like scared Bob now. Yeah, that's that was a nice, great. nice little wordplay. And uh, and he is. He's genuinely kind to Bob. And then that comes back to bite him. And it's one of my favorite things in the episode. Do you remember this? Oh, that, yeah. Um, that as, uh, as it becomes clearer that the angels are probably going to get everybody there, we're hearing Bob talk and uh, talking for the angels because they said that they, they kept his cerebral cortex. Yeah. Yeah. Glad we didn't see that. <laughs> um, uh. But, um, yeah, he says, uh, um, there's something angels are very keen you should know before the end. 
which is, I died in fear. I'm sorry? You told me my fear would keep me alive, but I died afraid, in pain and alone. You made me trust you, and when it mattered, you let me down. And I love that Amy intuitively asks River what's happening. She says, what are they doing? River says, they're trying to make him angry. Close up of the doctor's face. It's working. (laughs) Bob says, I'm sorry, sir. The angels are very keen for you to know that. Well, then the angels have made their second mistake because I'm not going to let that pass. It's great. Mm-hmm. This is great stuff. Especially when he goes on to say, sorry, can I ask you again? You mentioned a mistake we made. And he said, oh, big mistake. Huge. Didn't anyone <laughs> tell you that there's one thing you never put in a trap? If you're smart, if you value you con- your continued existence, if you have any plans about seeing tomorrow, there is one thing you never, ever put in a trap. And what would that, that be, sir? <laughs> me it is that's you know I, I put that in terms of Doctor Who cliffhangers right up there with the end of episode one of Face of Evil <laughs> <laughs> and I remember seeing they included that clip of him shooting that gun yes. in the trailer for the series yes. and people uh-huh. were up in arms of yes. he's so to going speak. to shoot a gun no yes, there he is well yes he is but as we saw in the very beginning of the episode as well, not everybody who has a gun is using it to shoot people. True. Because right? the first thing we see is River with her gun. Is that the same gun she always has? No. Because I, I, I definitely got like, maybe just me, but I got the Bond vibe yeah. when they're on a spaceship because they're in this this hallway or corridor that's cylindrical. It looks a lot like the Bond symbol <laughs> the, almost. The rifle the gun. Barrel, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then she's holding this thing looks like a PP7. That's right. Are <laughs> the Bond vibes going in? Yeah, but hers is a blowtorch and uh, <laughs> what all else? Yeah. So and the look. This is a unique look that we don't see any other time that we see River. The 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 dress, the 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 particular hairstyle. It's a look, like I said, unlike any that we will see for River ever. Yeah, and that's a pity because. Yeah. All right. So, gentlemen, we, we've literally reached the cliffhanger with what we just read. So my curious question before we get to our favorite scene and favorite quote, what would you have or do you have any other items that from your notes that we have not covered? There's hmm. something interesting that the doctor says about time being rewritten. And he says it, it, it is, it can be rewritten. Now, uh, when Amy talks of, um, we know he's going to exist in the future because River has seen him in the future. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it made me think of the whole back to the future thing or any other, other various time traveling shows out there besides Doctor Who. Like, what if they did change something and Amy died right here? Oh man, that's a spoiler. I can't even say it. <laughs> would, would somebody who doesn't exist anymore just disappear? I mean, mm. that's a spoiler. I'm sorry. It's, hard mm, yeah. is it but um <laughs> because I, I mean the circumstances make a lot of sense that she says you have to run you have to get away from me i'm clearly going to die now but we know already that you live so you have to run yeah. and he says it doesn't work like that hmm. but but i guess my question is what if let's have this imaginary scenario what if what, what if amy dies and not the doctor mm-hmm does another certain person just disappear at that point, a la oh, Back I to the see Future Planet? I, I see. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't figuring that out. Um, probably. I mean, has that happened? I'm, I'm just wondering, has it happened in Doctor Who? Or I, I, I don't know how it works in the Doctor Who universe. Is what yeah. I'm saying. We, so, so let me interject. Always, let me interject yeah. this real quick. This is what you're referring to. Clarence, you've got, this is Amy, you've got to go, you know you have, you've got all that stuff with River and all that's got to happen. You know you can't die here. Do- the doctor says, time can be rewritten, it doesn't work like that. And then he goes on and says, keep your eyes on it, don't blink, and then run. And then he bites her, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I, I think the answer to your question, Clarence, is who knows, because... <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like one of the interesting dances that writers for this series have always had to do is to never is to write a time travel show without ever getting your boots stuck in the fact that it's a time travel show. Yeah. And, and, and to, 
to try not to have to answer questions like that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I watched not too long ago one of my favorite uh, episodes of the original Star Trek series. And it's the first one where they travel through time. And you remember that it happened by accident and yeah. they end up in 1968 and they're spotted as a UFO. And they accidentally beam aboard the pilot of the, of the plane that's chasing them. Well, now they've got a problem, right? <laughs> so yeah. by the end of the episode, they're beaming people that they've intercepted back into their own bodies in the past. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. So for a lot of us, we're going, okay, I'm learning about this show's rules about time travel and about how the transporter works, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, uh, huh? But, you know, yeah. we buy it and it's okay for story purposes and we move on. But I feel like Doctor Who has always said, let's just not get into that stuff, okay? Let's just um, – we'll say you can't change that because it's a fixed point in history. Okay. Whatever you say, let's just move yeah. on. See, I think it's a different cup of tea for the people in 1960, whatever, 63, 65, 66, 67, whatever, than it is for Moffat in 2010. Because I don't think the people in 60, whatever, could have fathomed in 2020 that these franchises, both of which we just talked about or we're talking about now and you just mentioned, mm -hmm. would still be going strong, stronger in many aspects than it was at that time in 60-something. Oh, right. No, and I'm not saying that it, this was in the writer's guide from the beginning. I'm just saying that I, I admire the fact that as time went by, each and every one of these writers and showrunners came up against this point, and they all made the same decision. Let's not get into it too Agreed. much. There's yeah. there's a fifth Doctor story, and I wish I could remember what it is. Um, I bet you Nicole knows. But there's a moment where something materializes that has not been there before, and everybody, including the Doctor, is puzzled by it. And then later in the story, we have the moment where – the doctor sends it back in time. And I can't even remember what it is. <laughs> but in any case, it's the only time that I can think of in all of classic who, where something appeared because somebody had sent it back in time and they encountered it before the moment where it was sent back. Well, similar right. to that was the face of evil, even though that wasn't so unquote him, not in the same, it's a different context, yeah, but right. it's sort of kind of, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the reason like that question even really popped my head, of course, because of this episode, but also I was listening to uh, another podcast, one of our friends, uh, straight out of Gallifrey, and they were talking about, I think it was, I can't remember what season, but it was a classic season. And they mentioned that in, they were talking about Perry and they said in Big Finish, there are multiple timelines for Perry. Yes. Which I was like, oh, uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we were sort of hinting about this when uh, when we were talking about uh, um, Perry uh, not too long ago. And I said, oh, Clarence doesn't know, does he? There's actually two endings for Perry in the series, in the TV series. Oh, so, yeah. And then, yeah, and then Big Finish has run with it. <laughs> but, yeah, there's one of them that is just too terrible to think about and another one that is just strange. And I go with the strange one. But, yeah. Anyway, it's so still so oof. maybe our next classic run, our batch of classic, as we yeah. say, may need to be the trial of the time. Yeah, well, that'll take a while, but yeah, yeah we, but we, we, but Clarence does at least need to see Sill, and uh, oh, and yeah. then we can, and then we can catch up on the uh, the thing that um, Sophie Aldred did with with Sill. True. true oh true. yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. let me say, what this are we real, talking about? No, we're, we're, we're talking about no, 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 no. We were talking about Time Lord uh, <laughs> or time traveling. Clarence, I'm wondering if the reason that it may be a little bit more visible to the mind with these type of stories is because you're trying to balance two travelers in time mm -hmm. in the in with any time you see River and the Doctor. In a story. Yeah. 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 And, and I, let me just say that I'm, I'm glad we're here because this is the part of Doctor Who that I like the not, no, not so much a sense of a paradox in, in this case, but it's a good science fiction concept of them going in different directions and different points in time and meeting each other. So I will say I'm glad I'm here for that because I love that science fiction aspect of it, which I don't feel like we get a lot. No, oddly enough. No. All right, so let's get to our favorite scene. So favorite scene, I will start this one out. My favorite scene is actually a tie, and it is 
the scene where we first see River and the banter between them on the, the or in, within the, the TARDIS console. I like both of them equally, so that is my favorite scene. All right, Clarence, favorite scene. What say ye? I, I I think my favorite scene was Amy in the the trailer, and she got the image of the angel, which again we talked about how the angels work. <laughs> I'm trying to rational or trying to figure out myself like how that whole scene actually makes any sense. But I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool because they read from the book. They say anybody that sees an angel can, oh, I forget the exact words. The, the image it, of an it, it, angel it can be manifested into an, it can become an angel. Yes. I think yeah. that's what they said. Yeah. And whatever that, holds that, that which holds the image of an angel becomes itself yeah. an angel. Yeah. Leading many people to point out that, uh, the photographs that Sally Sparrow gives the 10th doctor and Martha at the end are all angels. So oops. Oops. But, yep. um, yeah. Yeah. And, and holds the image. Like, what does that mean? I mean, you hold the image in your brain when you see it visually, right? Uh-huh. Right. So does that make any sense? I don't know. <laughs> I always think that when I'm uh, about to see a play and there's an announcer that's an announcement that says, uh, you know, uh, the use of recording devices of any kinds is strictly forbidden. I think, what, I have to forget this after I see it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but be it as me, I, I did enjoy that scene of the angel popping through the screen and uh, Amy trying to figure out what was going on. So I think that was one of my favorites from this episode. What about you guys? All right, Lee. Uh, I, I really love this first scene in what, what we do not know yet. We don't know where we are or who these other people are, but I just love, uh, the banter between, uh, River and, uh, and these guys, um, Alistair. Um, and it doesn't mean that the episode is downhill from there. It's just so, it's just such a great picture of, of a woman who is basically a superhero that she's completely confident yeah. and she is gambling everything on the doctor, knowing that he will be there. And, uh, and she's right. And, uh, and this, this one line of dialogue that tells us that she's already sort of kind of romanced Alistar who's after her. <laughs> then she <laughs> says, like I said, on the dance floor, you might want to find something to hang on to. <laughs> Boom. It's just, yeah. Badass man. That is badass. It really yeah. is. Let me say, keep in mind, she's not falling off the side of a building. Not like we won't ever see that happen, but right. she is literally ejecting herself into the cold vastness of space. Mm. Which means she's got, you know, 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Air corridor it, and all. Mm-hmm. Can, can I mention a, a honorable mention part? Um, as far as not really a scene, but when they arrive on the planet and they look up the plateau slash cliff and see the ruins and see the spaceship on top of it, I just thought that was just a magnificent visual. Um, probably one of my favorites I've seen up to this point in Doctor Who. I just think it's beautiful um, and just enjoyed that so much. Yeah, it really is. That that image of the very, very old and the very, very new literally smashed into each other. It's just, yeah, yeah it, it's the kind of thing that you would expect uh, Frank Frazetta or somebody to have painted a poster of and that every, you know, high school nerd would have had that on their, their uh, bedroom wall, you know. Yeah. It's a fantastic image. Yeah. yeah. Such a fantastic image that when she's writing it in her uh, diary, that might be something that she might later at some point in time in a library ask a version of the doctor, the crash of the Byzantium. Have we done that oh, yet? Right. Yeah. And, and that goes back to me saying from that episode, we see the map of what we see to come in the eight to 10 years past or, you know, that all that mapping is laid right. out in that episode. All those events. Fantastic. Yes. So favorite quote and Let's see. I think I started with Lee. So Clarence, fav or who, whom, to whomever I didn't start with last time because I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't remember. Go for it. Favorite quote. That should be you then. Oh, well, uh, favorite quote. Uh, two words. Hello, sweetie. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yep. That was, I was it. just being smart. Right. No, you were being, yeah, you were being smart. <laughs> that was brilliant. Hello, sweetie. My favorite well, quote. Well, I, I think I'm going to take an equally cop-out answer since I don't remember the entire line. I'm going to just say, me. Yeah. It's an <laughs> unforgettable line, yeah. Me. The Star Trek The Next Generation equivalent is, 
Fire. Am I right? Talk about cliffhangers. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, he's a Borg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we have um, Hello, Sweetie, and we have me. And so at the other end of the spectrum, I'm going to read a long thing just because I, I had to write it down because I love this so much. And, and part of it is in canon. Part of it is that I just love this moment. But in the IRL aspect of the show, this is the first episode they filmed. So Matt Smith is still kind of trying to figure out who the doctor is, right? And um, to me, the, the, the motor mouth thing where it's clear that he's talking a little bit faster than he thinks – sometimes is to me is so much a part of the doctor and here he is doing it maybe for the first time. And I feel like he nails it right out of the box. The weeping angel. Amy is the deadliest, most powerful, most malevolent life form evolution has ever produced. And right now, one of them is trapped inside that wreckage and I'm supposed to climb in after it with a screwdriver and a torch and assuming I survived the radiation long enough and assuming the whole ship doesn't explode in my face, do something incredibly clever, which I haven't actually thought of yet. That's my day. That's what I'm up to. Any questions? Yeah. Is River Song your wife? Yeah. <laughs> That's your question. <laughs> but but again, I think that goes to the brilliance of him as an actor to be thrown into this in his absolutely. first episode aired. I mean recorded. Yeah. Absolutely. And we bought yeah. it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm on board, you know. I would never have dreamed until until we were told that this was the first episode. And and in the I think it's in the Doctor Who Confidential, but um but I, I well, this may have been at a Comic-Con or something like this, but I remember the two of them laughing and remembering that one of the first things they did together was the thing where her her hand, she thinks her hand is turning to stone. And the way it's blocked, you can't see what he's doing. <laughs> he, he he bends his head over it, but he's blocking the camera. And But we need a reaction from her like she's been bitten. Well, the, the, the way they decided to get it, <laughs> I think he decided, was to bite her. <laughs> oh, wow. And Karen, Karen says she bit him really hard, too. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and because the director was surprised by it, too, she was surprised. They had to do it several times. <laughs> wow. So yeah, this is like their first day together. He's biting her hand. So anyway. Brilliant. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Ooh, so did we, space teeth. All right. So did we get we got everybody's favorite quote, everybody's favorite saying. So rating out. Yes, sir. I just want to point out real quick before we get a rating. Uh, there's one awesome again with Amy in the in the trailer, the unit or whatever they call it. Um, so she can't blink, right? Mm-hmm. So her strategy to keep from blinking at the same time, like a normal human does, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's doing one eye at a time. It's so hilarious. She's like this one eye, blink one eye, blink the other one. So she was kind of like going back and forth to be able to actually uh, fight the urge to blink both at the same time. So I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's that great. harder. I'm sitting here it's, doing it's good it. Thinking. It's harder yeah. than you think it is because eventually after about five or six, your, your, your brain automatically wants to go blink. Yeah. Both at yeah. the same time. That's right. <laughs> and, and she's given a line of dialogue that says that she says, have you ever tried this? It's harder than it looks. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. So final rating and I want to go last. So final rating, Clarence Brown, what say you? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give it, um, four and a half statues that don't look like weeping angels, but are really weeping angels. Mm-hmm. So four All and right. a half. Yeah. Okay. Lee Shackelford. Oh, it gets a solid five camouflage clerics from me. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give this five borderline obnoxious happy cows out of five for me. Mm. So um obviously I love anytime I have an opportunity to save every song and we're getting into one step further closer to one of my favorite episodes of River Song. So there you go. Oh uh, yeah. that being said that leaves me with one final question. Obviously, this is part one of a two-part story. Final question has to be, no, it is not going to be, what do you know of the Weeping Angels? It's going to be, <laughs> where else <clears throat> might you be found on the Internet? And Lee Shackelford, I'll ask that to you first. I'm always pointing people towards the official website for our radio drama serial Relativity, where um, big things are happening, big Big things, big 
Yeah. Yay. Yay. All right. Clarence Brown. Did I say the address? Relativitypodcast.com. Relativitypodcast. I I don't think I said. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Relativitypodcast.com. Dot com. All right, Mr. Clarence Brown, what say you? I'm just going to say in the spirit of the feedback we had at the top of the show, just if you have comments or questions about uh, the time of angels or just want to give a general comment or, you know, uh, tell us how uh, awesome or bad we are, <laughs> you can send that feedback in and correct me if I'm wrong here, Kyle. Uh, feedback at discussingwho.com. No, it is actually discussing who at gmail.com. Ah, okay. Discussing who at gmail.com or at discussing who on any of the social medias. Just hit us up and we'd love to hear your feedback. Awesome. Awesome. And I would also add, if you would like to join in our conversation about all of our shows, you can find at discussingnetwork.com or just go to Facebook and go to Facebook groups and look up Discussing Network. So, gentlemen, thank you for indulging me in a happy hour of discussing who. And for everyone listening, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.